0: Well, good evening, family. Tonight we con- continue our sermon series celebrating the 250th anniversary of the song Amazing Grace. And as we look at this profound song through a-, a series of messages by theologian Michael Hoy, we come to see that this grace has been given to all people, especially the blind. One of the longest stories we have in the Gospels is the story of the man that Jesus uh, just healed from blindness. Uh, Jill just read 20 verses for us from that story. There's still another 21 or 22 more to go. And yet this man's story should cause us to look at the blindness in our own lives. Our blindness may not be a, a physical blindness, but we all carry a blindness of fear, and sometimes even unbelief. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we come to a trusting relationship with Jesus Christ and receive his healing grace. The Spirit's work in our hearts allows us to see Jesus with eyes of faith and confess him as our Lord. This faith allows us to not make some generic confession of his lordship, but is Lord over my threats, my fears, and my own death. In the gospel, you just heard Jesus' disciples, his own disciples, could not see for, well, not lack of better words, but pun intended, the needs of the man that was born blind. They thought that since he was blind, it was a direct consequence of of a sin of himself or his parents. All too often, We do the same thing, don't we? No, we don't often make such a connection between sin and sickness, but we do often make critical judgments about the struggles that others are having, thinking, what did they do to get themselves in that position, in that predicament? Yet when we do this, it only points to the blindness of sin, especially of the sin in our own lives, to others. Every day, but especially this Lenten season, we confess our blindness for the plethora of sins that we have committed and even the good that we have failed to do, which, by the way, is a sin. Scripture shares that God is merciful to those who confess their blindness of sin, giving them the faith, the sight that makes them well in Christ. Unlike the disciples, Jesus doesn't see this encounter with a blind man as a moment for judgment, but as an opportunity to shine Jesus' grace. The blind man doesn't even ask for this grace, but he clearly becomes the recipient of amazing grace and Christ's promises. I am that man. The first confession that that the blind man makes is that he is indeed the same blind man who used to sit on the streets. Martin Luther, on his deathbed, said, We are all but beggars. Yet so often our pride prohibits us from confessing this reality that we are spiritually impoverished people. Those that knew the man before he was healed had trouble recognizing him even after his confession. This man, after being healed with his new vision, is now looking for recognition. He's looking for acceptance. Once again, we may find ourselves so often on the wrong side of this story, as we find ourselves at times not accepting others, instead focusing on what divides us from others. When we do this, faith Not fear is controlling our hearts. When we fail to see that so many others are often going through the same struggles and the same fears that haunt our own lives. This is our blindness. But grace comes to us with and even without our asking through Jesus Christ. This power enables us and others to confess before God our blind beggar reality. By his power, we can publicly confess, I am that man, I am that woman, I am a broken sinner, but God's grace has come into my life. The
1: man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight.
0: The man now makes his confession even more clear to those blind to the miracle. His reason for seeing is credited to the the man called Jesus, who touched his life with healing and washed away his darkness. Now, now these two will be forever linked. We find the same connection in our baptism, don't we? We were once wa- walking in darkness, but those sacred waters covered our sin and guilt, blindness and darkness, and now they've been washed away because of Jesus' healing work on the cross. We share the same story as this man who has just been healed, and now we are forever linked with Jesus, the Christ. I do not know. Seeing is believing. Seeing is trusting. but faith, well, that means grasping the promise and grace that is not as, as tangible to the naked eye. Later, this man is asked, "Where is the one who healed you?" And in a weak confession, he only shares what he does not know. A little later, he's going to make a, a much bolder confession, but for now, Don't we often hope and pray that our faith will will never be questioned like this man's? Yet it's often in these times of trial that this confession becomes so significant. Every time we worship here at at Luther Memorial, we always say the Nicene or the Apostles' Creed. And this is good and this is important as we confess together what we believe and, and affirm who we are as Christians Yet in our times of trial, our confession becomes all the more important as we share with others outside of this church that Jesus is for all people. Even more so by the power of the Spirit, may we be bold enough to share with our own healed lives and forgiven lives that we are living proof of his grace.
1: He put mud on my eyes then I washed and
0: now I see in their questioning of the man the religious authorities show that they are infinitely more concerned that this man was healed on the on the sabbath rather than the fact that he was healed never mind that part but the authorities insisted that to be healed on the sabbath on the sabbath is what made Jesus a sinner the man's testimony causes, causes now a division amongst those who hear it. Who is this Jesus guy? So the, the division is not on the healing, but on who Jesus is. Essentially, the division that ensues is over the gospel. In their blindness, the, the law that these leaders have worked so hard to uphold may be overturned by the grace and gospel of Jesus. So they pressed the man. What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He is a prophet. Now, this wasn't the boldest confession. After all, many have viewed Jesus as a prophet. And while Jesus is indeed a prophet, he is so much more. He is the savior of the world that has overcome its darkness. As the trial progresses, the man's faith presses harder into the light of Christ, denouncing the world's darkness. But now the trial moves to the former blind man's parents. They ask him, Is this your son who they say was born blind? How then now does he see? Now, in all likelihood, these parents are overjoyed that their son can now see. He is no longer helpless and completely dependent on the kindness of others. He is no longer subject to the hardships that come with being blind, and yet they likely wish they could be absolutely any place but there, standing in front of those religious leaders. They acknowledge that the man is their son, but they quickly deflect, to, uh, they quickly deflect the other questions. He is of age, ask him. They knew that anyone who viewed Jesus as a Messiah would be kicked out of the synagogue. Being cast out of religious life meant being cast out of social life. The man's parents didn't want that sentence of being attached to such a scandal. Why would anyone want their lives attached to this scandal? Well, when the healed man gets called a second time for questioning, his confession becomes bolder.
1: I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see.
0: The man now turns the scandal on its head as he focuses on that personal transformation he experienced by his encounter with Jesus. That he cannot deny. That he will profess until his dying day. I was blind, but now I see. Those words sound familiar, don't they? Consider this man, this man's words as our confession of faith. Because of what Christ has done for us, he has given you and I new life. His love is scandalous. That a perfect God would come and live amongst us sinners, wretched sinners, so that we might be able to see what a hard-to-fathom love. On the other side, we have the religious leaders, mired in their self-righteous blindness repeating the same question the man has already answered. What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes?
1: I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples?
0: You might say by the Spirit's power, the man has now turned from defense to offense the authorities are now asked to give a testimony of where they stand you are this fellow's this disciples they this fellow's disciples they replied we are disciples of moses we know that god spoke to moses but as this but for this fellow we don't even know where he comes from in their rebuttal the authorities are choosing to side with the law that which God gave Moses on Mount Sinai. This is where they claim to get their authority instead of the gospel of Jesus. But a proper understanding of the law, as we discuss with our fifth graders in, in First Communion class, is that the law always, always, always accuses. It always shows us our sin. It always shows us what we are not. But the man who received his sight stands firmly on grace. The gospel given to him as he makes his final witness and confession to the authorities.
1: Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could
0: do nothing. What an amazing witness. Imagine if you will, being in the blind man's shoes. Your entire life only having one desire, the desire to see. Think of think of the life you could have then. Those things that were so difficult to do now could be done with ease. But most of all, most of all, you would be accepted in society. And now, because of Jesus, your greatest longing has been fulfilled. You have been given the gift of sight. But any type of life Any type of acceptance that you dreamed of, you are now willing to put by the wayside because of the man that healed you. But as bold as his witness was, it was the blind authorities that could not see the light of his answer. They said, you were born entirely in sins, and you are trying to teach us. They denounce him. They throw him out of the synagogue, just as they did with Jesus. Standing up for the truth, as this man learns, can be difficult. It can have consequences. But these consequences are a small price to pay for forever being linked with Jesus. He has witnessed the power of a a God who is much greater than those authorities that he is standing before. It was their fear that caused their reaction to the healing. On the contrary, this man can only witness what he knows is true. And by the Spirit's power, now he stands unafraid. When we are bold enough to confess Christ... Even if we are cast out, we are not alone, for Christ was cast out for us on the cross so that we might know his healing grace. Jesus heard that they had thrown him, the man, out of the synagogue, and Jesus does what he always does. He went and he found him. He said to him, Do you believe in the Son of Man?
1: And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him.
0: Jesus, uh, Jesus answered, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. Now this man responds with his firmest confession of faith
1: Yes, Lord, I believe.
0: Having experienced the power of the cross, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can make the same confession Yes, Lord, I believe. For you took us from being blind beggars, Filled with sin, and you have healed us with your love and grace. Not only has He healed us, but He has given us a spirit of courage to stand up and witness of His grace. Not only that, He gives us comfort so that if we are cast out by our confession, by those blinded by fear, we may receive His comfort. Indeed, Lent is a time for us to confess the truth of our blindness and fear and how this fear has has really limited us to freely share the gospel with our neighbors, with those around us. But this is not all we confess. We, too, confess that we have received grace, and from that grace, from Jesus Christ, to overcome that fear, just like the blind man even in the face of adversity. Just like the blind man, you and I are forever linked to Jesus. For we were blind, but thanks be to Jesus, now we see. Amen.